Thank you for checking out the podcast. This is Ride All Week. I'm Dave. And if you would like to engage on any of the social media networks, please look for the username at Ride All Week. You can also send an email to rightallweek at gmail.com. And then this podcast, wherever you found it, uh, to help us overcome the big tech overlords and the big tech tyrants. I uh, do appreciate anything that you could do to give us a bump in the algorithms. Commenting, liking, following, sharing. These are all very helpful, and we appreciate it when you do it. Now, I have been questioned uh, by friends and family and those who know me personally. I all have an interest in wondering, well, what's my two cents given the Rings of Power announcements and uh, the recent trailer that dropped yesterday during the Super Bowl, which, you know, for reasons, I guess this does kind of make sense. So uh, this is really uncut, unplanned. I'm just going to kind of riff it real quick. So I was actually very, very excited when I first learned years ago that uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon were literally going to buy their way into a fandom. And I had hope that it was going to be something good, that it would be, uh, you know, not just fantastic, but amazing and very much enjoyable because especially when I heard that they were planning to cover not the same time periods that were covered during the New Line Cinema Warner Brothers films, but that they were going to go back to the second age. And I absolutely love Silmarillion and Unfinished Tales. Those are my favorites. So I was very excited, especially when I heard, hey, we're hiring some of the best token, uh, some of the, the consultants, people who, are, who know the material well. And the Tolkien estate was going to be given the right of refusal as far as uh, anything that was going to be included. And I had a lot of hope for it in the early days. Unfortunately, since then, they have dismissed uh, Mr. Shippey. And now we don't have that same uh, Tolkien specialist. We've brought in some lesser unknown name individuals. We also now know we have showrunners who literally have like nothing of, to speak of. On the resume, unfortunately, the great Christopher Tolkien, he has passed away. And uh, we don't have him to be the leader of, uh, over there, over at the Tolkien estate, which is a bummer. So, and since then, multiple things have come about. We heard about an intimacy coordinator. I didn't jump on that bandwagon because, you know, an intimacy coordinator could be used for all sorts of scenes. And, uh, you know, something akin to the barebacks of the, the dwarves during the Hobbit movie. Uh, that would have been something appropriate for that. So I wasn't too too disturbed by that. And of course, now we have the Vanity Fair article that kind of confirms, no, uh, we're not going to be introducing a bunch of mature content into the show. So, so that's good. Uh, but it does seem a bit questionable about whether or not they're actually tr even trying to stay close to the source material. It would seem that perhaps they've chosen the Second Age on purpose. Really, you've got about 150 pages that you can use in the appendices of Return of the King that would be some source material. Maybe about one-third of uh, Unfinished Tales that you could use as some source material. And then finally, like the last two sections from The Silmarillion. So it's the least known, the least written about the, the, what you have to work with. You couldn't have chosen a lesser period, honestly, if you wanted to write something for Tolkien. So that, I think, maybe was on purpose because it gives them a lot of wiggle room. But it seems that, at least in these images, what I've read, read now in the first take uh, in Vanity Fair, and what we've seen in the one, one whole minute uh, of trailer footage, that they want to take even more liberties, more than you would have gotten with just having the, the age with the least material. Uh, so we'll just get this. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, shall we? Um, 
they're the wrong color, okay? Just just because it's not that Tolkien was a racist, because we are talking about somebody who who fought against the Germans, who who spoke out against the Germans, who has confronted racism in his lifetime and is on record as, as being appalled at it. Uh, so no, it's not because he's a racist, but if you know the reason he wrote the stories to begin with, being the the history history buff that he was, the linguist that that, that he was, the linguist and um. And his love for storytelling and seeing, hey, you know, in my home here in Britain and in Ireland and, and being a part of that culture and not having the same level of mythology that is in other cultures that he was interested in. So, so what if I just write one? So here we have a prehistoric Anglo-Saxon European-based mythology and it has some very specific details and he describes what do the characters look like in this mythology. So... You have the children of Iluvatar, the first children of Iluvatar, are the elves themselves who were born under starlight. That is one of the reasons why they're, they have the names that they do, Eldar and such. They're children of the stars, okay? So they have not grown up under the sun, and many of them have been alive since then. That's one thing that we'll bring up here in a little bit. And the generations that are born since then. So they don't ha because they live so long and they don't have that many kids. And if you know these things and you understand why it's not not only not po likely, but almost not possible that you would have any deviation from that. The appearance that he describes the, the pale skin. All right. So dwarves, similar situation, people living literally in the mountains and in the mines and not living under the sun. So I don't know how you would expect to find somebody of darker, much, much darker skin. In that case, especially not, you know, generations of compiled melanin to the point where you would actually have what we now call black. Uh, so there's that. And then, of course, deviating from the, he describes, hey, what do the dwarf women look like? As they're supposed to have beards, right? Uh, and that's how they, they made themselves to, to look actually kind of like the men as a self-defense mechanism. But we've kind of torn away from a lot of that. But they do have, and I haven't mentioned it yet, the, the next, the children of Iluvatar's second set are mankind, who are born under the sun, who do live in various places throughout Middle-earth, and Tolkien does describe some of them as having different ethnic features depending on where they live, which like the real world. So if you actually wanted, for the sake of realism, as you described, so that people can identify with it the way that they identify with the real world today, if that really was your goal, then you have an opportunity there if they're mankind. But unfortunately, I think that in reality, that's that's not good enough. It's just not good enough in the same way that every other franchise that we've seen that has been wokeified, uh, they find a way not only to raise up new characters to stand alongside the old characters. For example, that is something that's possible that you can do. See Toriel in the Hobbit movies as... Uh, and even though Legolas wasn't in the book, the, she's there with him. They fight alongside. They're both spectacular and fantastic and amazing, and it doesn't diminish him, and it doesn't make her any less. She's just as amazing. Unfortunately, the introduction of this one character wasn't enough. We also had to bring in some weird love triangle that you won't find anywhere in the writings also that kind of make it awkward and disappointing, and uh, yeah, so that just kind of gets messy. But uh, yeah, Bringing in another character, not just to stand on their own, like that small exception that I mentioned there, but to supplant what was already established, especially if it's an established man, and especially, especially if it's an established white man. We can't allow, allow that distraction of an established character who everybody already loves, so who just happens to be a white man. Uh, he must be moved out of the way in order to make room for our new diversity token character, 
token Tolkien character who's going to be uh, who's going to meet the diversity quota for the story we're telling today. And that, I do believe, in the end, honestly, I don't expect that they're going to be able to bring in any explanation that would satisfy the established source material based on the, the world the way that Tolkien saw it when he wrote the stories in established Middle-earth. I don't believe they're going to be able to find any way in Middle-earth to make these characters make sense. So it only makes sense on the outside, this way. It's wokeified, and these characters are there to, uh, to satisfy the woke criteria of the film. That's 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 my expectation. Now, does that mean that we can't enjoy it? No, I don't think actually, honestly. I, I, I'm not going to say that that alone will be a reason enough to destroy it. I think that it really will depend on where did you get your love for these stories? If you were somebody who's never read the books and you absolutely love the movies, then I expect you will love this too. It will be fun. It will still be in the same place. It will have some other characters who you already know, like Galadriel and Elrond, who are going to be there. And it'll be fun to see more of what, where they come from and, and why they are, who they are, and all the rest of that. That'll be fun. And of course, it's going to look fantastic because they're throwing like a billion dollars into this franchise, okay? So uh, I imagine it'll look good. It'll be fun. Now, if you are someone like myself and you are a literary fan of Tolkien's works and you know it well, then there's going to be, it looks to me like there are plenty of warning signs. There'll be lots of things that are going to jump out at you and make you feel like this is not right. You know, it's going to be enough deviations from the, the canon, the established story, from the source material, enough things that will be upsetting. For example, let's look at Galadriel, who's who we see prominently in all of the production material. I think that they she's probably going to be our main figure in this. What kind of a main figure is she going to be, though? Are we going to see Galadriel, warrior princess? I sure hope not, because that's not the Galadriel of the books. But one of the first images we see of Galadriel's uh, Amazon's Rings of Power Galadriel, she's wearing armor. Is it possible that she wore it maybe at some point when, when they were journeying from Valinor to, to Beleriand? I don't, it doesn't say that she did, doesn't say that she didn't. But here's what we do know. She's very powerful already. And we've seen her power displayed in the Lord of the Rings movies where she shows up unarmed, not wearing armor, and she just does away with an orc and helps to rescue uh, Gandalf. You know, and, and that is the Galadriel that we know from the books, who's also very old and was very old in the second age also. And they've kind of already warned us, well, she's thousands of years younger and she's a much different character at this point, more angry and more clever and whatever else. And I'm like, but you don't understand. She's nearer in age to the Galadriel of the movies at this point than, than she is to what it makes it sound like you want a young Galadriel. No, she's been around since the trees, y'all. So that's not going to happen. Uh, and it really doesn't work. We'll see. Also, Elrond being identified more as a uh, politically ambitious figure. Uh, that's kind of uh, concerning. And we have an embrace between the two. You know, they're kind of looking joyfully into each other's eyes in one of the stills. I don't know what that's going to mean, especially if you follow and you know the story. Uh, Galadriel's going to be his mother-in-law, you know, so I don't know if that's how most of y'all look at your mother-in-law. But uh, yeah, so there's that. And then, of course, uh, Gil-Galad has had like almost no representation in any of the promotions so far. Uh, but we do see, of course, you know, the potential for warrior princess Gal uh, Galadriel. But we haven't seen potential for, you know, the actual leader, the king of the elves, like throughout the entire Second Age, who was a warrior. 
and Elrond was a warrior. You know, so kind of concerned about how that's going to go. What is she going to be like taking over all these other guys' primary roles? That's disappointing because, you know, she already is amazing on her own. Uh, and I think it feels like you actually diminish the character you're trying to lift up if you're taking other people down to make room for them. It doesn't make them look better. Also, all these other new characters that we're bringing into the mix. It's not like there was a shortage of characters in Tolkien's world. If you bring, whip out the appendices and you start looking at the family trees, there's a lot of characters there, but they apparently weren't satisfied with those characters. They had to bring in some other characters, probably because they wanted to make sure that whoever they were introducing was free from any attachment and they could do whatever they want with it. We'll see what happens with that. But here's one of my primary concerns. All right, so now we're going to have black elves, we're going to have uh, black dwarves, and we're going to have a bunch of new characters from other regions, families, or whatever else that are being introduced. But we actually already know where this story goes because the movies have already been made. And you know what's missing from the movies? Uh, black elves, black dwarves, and the descendants of these other new critical characters, which kind of means that at some point, before this is all over, they're going to have to obliterate everybody. Uh, or find some way, I mean, where's the explanation? It's not in the appendices as it currently stands. So this is one of the biggest problems that they have with all of these stories. When you find a way, or you, you look for a way to insert what you think is missing partway through the story, when we already know where that story goes, you're creating a problem for the overall timeline. Marvel had the same problem with Captain Marvel, all right? So we already had an established timeline in the MCU where we inserted a character right in the middle of it, and it threw off all kinds of stuff. I don't need to go into that one. They had the same problem with uh, Bill and Ted. Not going to talk about that one either. But here we are doing the same, making the same mistakes here. Oh, Star Trek's another big one where they did that a lot, right? Okay, so you can't just decide that you're going to throw in new swaths of new characters without having any consequence and without especially i think offending your viewers who are going to look at it and go yeah i we know where this is going and those people aren't there oh well uh there will also be some nitpicky details i imagine the big fans are going to recognize because i did see it looks uh, very significantly prominent on the apparel that galadriel's wearing i'm pretty sure that's fan or star that she's wearing uh and we all anybody who's read the books knows that uh, she doesn't stick with the Noldorin. and uh, i don't know what much reason she might have for walking around wearing various displays of that specific insignia maybe they'll have an explanation i don't know but I think I can sum it all up, and movie fans who know absolutely nothing about the backstory, there's a lot of room there, and they'll probably appreciate what they see. Uh, people who, like myself, have a large collection of books because they've really been pouring through the source material over and over and over again, uh, I think we're set up for a lot of little disappointments that are going to compile, and then, of course, there's just uh, so much potential for the wokeified nonsense that the that Hollywood just can't seem to put, to stop themselves, and uh, it's going to really stink for them if this is one of those uh, go woke, go broke, especially when we're talking about a billion dollar budget. This is, I think, it's either a, a home run or it's a bunt to the dirt, and uh, there's probably no in-between. Time will tell. It's coming out in September, and I still intend to watch it and check it out for myself. And uh, we'll see what happens. And maybe you'll see, too, if this is something that you're interested in. I appreciate you if you finish this video. And, uh, you know, special high fives out there to all my uh, Tolkien fans like myself. I do hope that you'll come back looking for some more content in the future. Talk about all kinds of things, not just Tolkien. This is Right All Week, where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. <laughs>